From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show. We're being busy is overdone. Romancing is fun, and scheduling sex is taking the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663, or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's episode, we're talking about what happens to your emotional, physical, and even sexual intimacies when you or your spouse is flirting with someone else. Absolutely. And I want to start this week's episode with this quote that says, flirting while married is highly disrespectful. While it may seem harmless, it can be very hurtful to the person that loves you. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. We're going to be unpacking all of that and more in today's episode. But first, we start every One Extraordinary Marriage episode with a hug. And a hug is really an opportunity to celebrate what you're doing, to to just come alongside of you and say, hey, great job on being intentional in your marriage. And this hug comes from a post that was in the One Family Facebook group. And it starts with, my marriage has been transformed by the podcast, books, and workbooks. Mm. I was at an autism mom's retreat this weekend and listening to moms discuss how rough their marriage is right now. I sat and listened as they discussed how there are no dates, no intimacy, and their marriage is failing. Mm. I will say being a special needs parent is hard. Finding a babysitter who will come and watch your child is very difficult. But then I entered their conversation and brought up one. I explained the six pillars, and I explained what we have learned and applied. Afterward, I was sharing the book, the podcast, and even this Facebook group. She's talking about the one family private Facebook group. She said, I had this conversation several times over the weekend. Mm. I thought I would share how Tony and Elisa are pouring into us in our marriage. We need to find the opportunity to do the same for other couples. I am inspired now to make sure every couple I know hears about one extraordinary marriage. Wow. This is so special. Um, yeah, I just... Oh, just, I love it Uh, and truly amazed at what you, the one family, what you're doing Mm -hmm. from stepping out into a place where Elisa and I truthfully have no experience. We don't have, either of our kids don't have any type of disability that we have had to go through. Mm -hmm. And so to see a wife and a woman who's at a retreat who is in her element, mm-hmm. right, with other wives and other moms of special needs kids, stepping in and taking the rein means so much because that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. The one family isn't about Tony and Elisa. It's about you guys going out into your communities and having an impact. And for that, I will forever be truly grateful mm-hmm. because that's how marriages are changed. We just have the honor of speaking into these microphones once a week and know that we have an army. We have an army out there going, I'm making a change in my marriage and I'm not going to hold it to myself. I'm Mm going to share it with others. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, truly, truly a very special post because this was posted in the One Family Facebook group and and just to be able to read it and to to inquire more about how that happened and, and to just hear the dynamics here. And we're so grateful. We know that so many of you will speak into groups that we may never even have access to just because of, of 
your life experiences or who you know and that type of thing. And so it's this type of message. Um, and I love, you know, just how she closed it. We need to find the opportunity to share with other couples. And, and I would actually make that the charge for each and every one of you listening today. And especially with an episode like this, right? You know, this question, who are you flirting with? Um, mm-hmm. You know, this, sometimes it's, you know, multiple conversations. Sometimes it's, you know, a couple of very directed conversations or things that happen. And, you know, this was one of those episodes where it's like, bam, it was kind of back to back. And I'm like, oh, we're done. We're done. We are, we are doing an episode around flirting. Cause I, I was in the middle of a coaching session and it actually became necessary for the first time in almost 10 years. I, I said this next statement that I'm about to share with all of you out loud. I've never said this, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, um, as a parent, they tell you, you know, you're not going to believe some of the things you say as your kids get older. And that's kind of how I felt in the middle of this episode where I looked at this couple across the screen because everything's done on Zoom. And I said, very pointedly, do not flirt with anyone who is not your spouse. Just don't do it. Mm. it very direct. It was based on the circumstances there. But then I, Tony and I were having this conversation about it and I actually posted it as a reel on our Instagram account. And it was really, really interesting to just to see the discussion, some of the comments that were coming back. You know, people were asking me, you know, like, well, you know, what's the definition of flirting and, and does that look different? We're going to talk about that. But, but it came into this place of going, wait a minute, guys, who are you flirting with? And what does that look like if you're flirting with someone who is not your spouse? Mm-hmm. Right. And how is this impacting? How is that action impacting your intimacies? How is it impacting your emotional, your physical, your sexual? And even as I started preparing for the show, I'm like, it's likely impacting your financial, your recreational and your spiritual, like kind of all six mm-hmm. sort of get wrapped into this. And we've got to be mindful as extraordinary couples, right? This show is called One Extraordinary Marriage. It's not called One Okay Marriage. It's not called One So-So Marriage. It's not called One Just Do What Everybody Else Does Marriage. It's called One Extraordinary Marriage for a reason. It's about equipping Tony and I first, you know, because we do, we do prep the shows. We live what we, you know, we walk the walk and we talk that we talk. But it's equipping each and every one of you as well with the tools and strategies that you can have, the awareness of going, what does it take to be extraordinary? Just because everybody else out in the world says, hey, you know what? No big deal. It's harmless. Hey, you know, it just makes me feel good. No, I'm going to tell you straight up, it is a big deal if you are flirting with someone who is not your spouse. Mm-hmm. This, this is, you know, a little bit of the sassy Elisa, the little feisty Elisa. I knew going into this episode, I was, I was already getting fired up before we even turned on the microphones because our marriage has been impacted by this. Mm-hmm. We have lived this. There are shifts that happen in the relationship dynamic. And, and I got to tell you, I wish I, had, I wish I had known six pillars back when we were actually experiencing this the first time in our marriage. Because if we'd had that knowledge, it would have made a huge difference. Absolutely. And this goes way back for us at this point. And just thinking back to what, what brought this on. Mm. Why, why did it happen? And it was on my part. And I and as we were doing this, doing the episode notes and looking at them and going, I had to just reflect on my own life. And gosh, when this comes out, tomorrow will be our 26th, 26th. anniversary. Wow. So Elisa and I, 26 years married, and me flirting happened 
in the first five years of our marriage, I would say. Mm-hmm. It was somewhere in, in, it was in that time frame where, <clears throat> excuse me, where if I had known the six pillars of intimacy, I would have seen that our emotional intimacy, massive cracks, massive cracks, lack of closeness and connection there. Mm-hmm. If I would have looked at our sexual intimacy, we would have had cracks there. In addition to viewing pornography, that mm-hmm. also added that crack to the sexual intimacy, it became okay and normalized because of the guys I was around in the work environment I was around mm-hmm. watching pornography, the cracks in our emotional intimacy. It was normalized and okay to go out, to go, especially when I was traveling, mm-hmm. to look at other women to flirt with them at the bar or at the restaurant or wherever I was. And little did I know the impact it was having on me as well as Elisa. Another factor that I began to think about too was a lot of this happened. And we talked about this in a recent episode. We talked about alcohol and intimacy. A lot of this happened because of the drinking I was doing. It impaired my judgment. I began to be in a place where it was okay. My senses were numb and dulled. The problems that I was facing in my marriage, I didn't want to face them. And so for me to get away from that, it was okay to drink and then go flirt with other women. To the point, and I will share this because I've shared this on the show before, that My ultimate goal, and I still remember, I was in New Jersey. We were working out there in New Jersey. I remember being at a bar. I don't remember where we were. I think we were maybe in Newark or something like that. But I remember being in a place, and my state of mind, my frame of mind was, I'm going to see if I can flirt with this woman and bring her back to my, my hotel room. That's the low point for me when it comes to, when it came to flirting and being in that place of like, there is a problem in our marriage and with me, because I have to look at what can I do mm-hmm. and what is going on with Tony to be in a place that Elisa wasn't enough, that I had to look and step outside my marriage mm-hmm. to get a fulfillment, to get a rush, to get something else. Mm-hmm. And I want to, I want to actually define flirting. Interestingly enough, this was one of the questions that came up in the, um, in the thread on the reel that I had posted. And, you know, pretty basic, pretty basic. Uh, Flirting is to behave as though you are attracted to or trying to attract someone. Straight up. It's an expression of attraction or wanting somebody to be attracted to you. And, you know, another question that came up was, well, you know, do you think this looks different across cultures and genders? Absolutely. But, you know, here's the thing. If the two of you don't talk about it and your spouse witnesses what they perceive as flirting, with someone who is not them, the damage is being created, right? So so this is not like, oh, well, it's okay for guys to do this or it's okay for, like, I, I'm not giving you guys permission to have excuses. I'm encouraging you to go have this conversation with your spouse. And here's why. Last week on Instagram, we asked two questions of the one family. We said, while married, have you ever knowingly flirted with someone who is not your spouse? Have you ever, you know, knowingly looked at someone and expressed attraction or tried to get them to be attracted to you flirting 
26% of you said, yes, I have. And I want to say this now too, back when I was doing this, we didn't have the technology that we have now. And so when we say, are you trying to attract someone or they, are they right? They're, you're trying to get them attracted to you. I want to say that you don't have to be in person to do this. Mm -hmm. Flirty text messages to the coworker, you know, DMs just because things of that nature going on, that is also flirting. Mm -hmm. And that needs to be addressed in the kibosh needs to put, be, be put down. Now, Am I saying that you have a coworker and and you're in a Slack channel and you're, uh, you know, talking about work? No, like you're gonna have those instances where you're doing that. That's not flirting. You're talking about work. It's yeah. when you start crossing that line mm-hmm. and start going after the conversation to get them to be attracted to you, mm-hmm. or you're attracted to them, and or the conversations crossing yeah. that line and. You know, we the second question that we had asked last week, and I'm glad that you just kind of dug into the fact that yes, you know, 26 years ago, the the world of electronics looked a lot different than it does today. And you know, we asked the question: While married, has your spouse ever flirted with someone besides you? Right. So basically, we're saying: Have you seen your spouse flirt with someone else? And 56% of you said yes. That's a really big number. That's a big number. This is not a little thing. It's why we're doing this episode because the impact that flirting with someone else has had on your marriage is devastating, right? I know that, you know, it's popular right now and I'm going to go out just on a bit of a little soap. I know it's popular to say, Hey, you know what? It actually like sparks something between the two of us. And we bring that energy home. Somebody actually said that to me on the reel last week. They're like, it, it can be used, you know, really proactively. I don't know. I sit across from, I, you know, over the last 10 years, I've sat across from hundreds of couples. And in a lot of those cases, flirting has crossed the line to be something not so, not so warm and fuzzy, not so happy. It hasn't been managed well. It, it Flirting becomes that slippery slope of going, well, if it's okay, if I, you know, it's okay if I send a message. Well, you know, it's okay if, if we just have like lunch together. Oh, it's okay if I, you know, just put my hand on his shoulder or her arm. Oh, it's okay if we're alone in a car. No big deal. No big deal. Except that everything becomes one more no big deal until you find yourself in some really uncompromising or compromising situations and trust is broken, but trust started being broken at that first step. And I got to tell you that when trust is broken, it takes a lot to restore a marriage. This is why who you're flirting with, if you're not flirting with your spouse, it is a big deal. Trust is no small thing. Yeah. And we have our book, The Trust Factor. You can get it for free because if there's been flirting going on, there's been trust has been broken in your marriage. You can restore your marriage. We know it. Grab our book, The Trust Factor, for free. You can get that at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash trust. I'll also have a link here in the episode notes for you guys. I think it's also important to talk. You know, it's not just the damaged trust that that impacts the marriage. You know, when you when you see your flo- your spouse your spouse your spouse flirting with someone else, I want to tell you if you're the one that's flirting with someone else, your spouse, their self confidence is getting rocked. Mm-hmm. They are questioning and feeling like they're not good enough. They don't know 
why what they offer you is not sufficient and you have to go look somewhere else. And, and though that doubt, that questioning, that stress, and it really does become a stress. They are, they are mm-hmm. flooded with stress. They, their minds go a million miles an hour. I mean, these are comments that you guys have said. You know, the, it, it all starts to really create an even larger disconnect. And I want to tell you, you know, another impact, and, and some of you said this, is that you did think it was harmless, but it wasn't because of these other things, because it has diminished the self-confidence. It's made your spouse feel less than. It's broken the trust. And, and some of you talk about the fact that it happened on business trips or, you know, when you were out with your colleagues and some of you share that it's been a problem with the neighbors or, or with friends that you've hung out with. And I want to say it doesn't matter who. What matters is that the two of you work together to protect your marriage at all costs. And we're going to talk about how to do that after this break. Did you know the average couple waits six years to get help from challenges in their marriage? That's six years of struggling and feeling like something is off, of wondering why you can't seem to change things. Stop waiting. At One Extraordinary Marriage, we offer marriage coaching with Elisa. Elisa coaches couples just like you wanting more in their marriage. Here's what one husband had to say. We were at the point of changing our behavior or going our separate ways. My wife suggested marriage coaching, but I was skeptical. I didn't need to be skeptical. Elisa helped us get to the core of our issues and gave us the tools we needed to have an awesome marriage. Now, our marriage is stronger than ever. Our communication is better. Our finances are transparent. We discovered date nights again, and our sex life is wow. If you think marriage coaching isn't for you, I promise that if you are committed to making a change, that is exactly the road you should take. Apply for coaching at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash coaching. Don't wait six years. Go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash coaching. We're back. And now we're talking about how to set up guardrails in your marriage around flirting with those outside of the relationship. And I want to say first, it's super important to look at how you're both doing in the six pillars of intimacy, right? What do those look like? You heard Tony share that when he started down that slippery slope, there were a lot of cracks and a lot of different pillars in our marriage. Mm-hmm. We didn't know they were pillars at the time, but we like, we look back, there were some huge cracks. Yeah. And I want to say cracks are not an assignment of blame. Right. I'm not saying that because like I'm not blaming myself for the fact that our sex life was not good at that point in time and giving Tony permission then to go flirt with somebody else. I can look back and even say, you know what, on both sides, there were cracks in our sexual intimacy pillar. On both sides, there were cracks in the emotional intimacy and in the physical. Like we both had responsibility. Mm-hmm. It doesn't excuse the behavior. It's an understanding of where we were. And that, that's what I want to encourage each and every one of you. Chapter 11, every pillar matters. And if your pillars have cracks, if the two of you aren't paying attention to the marriage or to each other, the door is open for poor decisions. Uh, we've lived it. Mm-hmm. Guys, that, that, that is a statement straight out of our marriage. When we have not paid attention to our marriage, there have been open doors throughout the last 26 years for poor decisions. And we've made them right? That's why we get behind these microphones week in and week out because we don't want you to make the same mistakes. We want you to be equipped. We want you to look at this and go, wait a minute, we're an extraordinary couple. We've got awareness of this and we're going to take action. And I do want to say this too. You may be in this spot right now. We're here to say and to show that even if it's happened, you can have restoration. Mm -hmm. You can have breakthrough you can have an extraordinary marriage. 
it's something that may be going on right now or has happened in the past. What are you going to do? Mm. What can I do to begin to move forward, to rebuild trust? What can I do to begin to strengthen those pillars? We got to look inward at times. Like it can't always be our spouse. When, when mm-hmm. we choose to make decisions, when I made that decision, that wasn't only Elisa. I had a lot to do with it. And sometimes I had to look myself in the mirror as much as I didn't want to. And I wanted to put the blame on her for why our marriage was in shambles. And yet I was the one Mm. who was stepping out and taking those actions Mm -hmm. that were detrimental to myself and to the marriage. Wow. Wow. You know, and Tony brought up a good point. It's the question, asking that question, what can I do? And in the six pillars of intimacy, I mean, throughout each one of the chapters around each pillar, there is a section called what can I do? But I really want to dial this in for, you know, the purpose of this episode and and talk about, you know, what can I do around flirting, Mm -hmm. right? So if you're the one who is flirting with others, um, first thing you can do is stop. Like, let me just be super direct. Mm -hmm. Stop it. As Tony would say, if he ever coached, stop Mm -hmm. it. But it goes more than that because just telling you to stop it doesn't actually fix anything. It doesn't get to a solution. That's like saying stop it is putting a Band-Aid on it. Right. You're not getting to the root of the issue is the why is this going on? And sometimes you got to dig deeper. It's like Elisa and I say this a lot and have shared this with you guys, especially around your emotional intimacy. When something comes up and you don't understand what your spouse is saying, you'd say, what does that mean to you? Mm -hmm. Because you want to dig deeper into this. And for something like this, it's not just a stop it. It's like, why? Right. Right. It, it's asking the questions, you know, why do I engage in this behavior? What what benefit does flirting with others give me? Because I will tell you, you're doing it for a reason. Mm-hmm. This isn't just kind of like, hey, you know, it's fine. I got another matter to do. No, 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 no. You need to ask the question, what void does this fill? You're, you're trying to fill something by seeking attention from other people that are not your spouse. Mm-hmm. What is it? And don't give me the, well, I don't know, Elisa. Okay, I'll tell you what I would tell my coaching clients. Sit there for a second and think about it. Why? Because if you think about it, you will get to an answer. And once you start to get to an answer, then you can start to put strategies and solutions in place. Because when you start going down that line, ultimately you will get to a place where you'll be able to answer the question, what do you need to work on in yourself? Are you feeling disconnected emotionally? Has it been a long time since the two of you have spent, you and your spouse have spent time together? Has there been a breakdown in in the physical connection or the sexual connection? What is it that you need to address? Mm -hmm. Right? Like Tony said, this wasn't all looking at me and going, well, Lisa, you know, if you would have sex with me more, Lisa, if you would talk to me. I had a role, but we each had responsibilities. Mm -hmm. Right? If, If you're the one whose spouse is flirting with others, And I know your pain, okay? And it is pain. And it's grief at the way your marriage looks. It's sadness, probably a little frustration, irritation. I mean, I could go through, you know, a whole section of the emotion wheel and you probably have experienced all of it. But I want to encourage you to think about what are the conversations that you need to have? What are you aware of? in terms of cracks in your six pillars of intimacy. I was having a conversation with, with a couple the other day and specifically talking around this. And, and, you know, one of the things that came up was, and this came from the wife, um, husband's the one that's been, has flirted with others. The wife said to me, I didn't realize how important the sexual intimacy pillar was. Mm. Again, 
does not excuse her husband's behavior, the actual flirting, but that awareness starts to create a shift of going, how do we together take care of this? How do we address this? Because there's a root of, you know, huge sexual um, disconnect, Mm -hmm. right? What are the guardrails that need to be established in your marriage? And flirting with other people is often when you figure out where you need to have guardrails. It's not one of those, like, it's one of those things that you can think about, you know, maybe when we're in the dating phase or when we're engaged or we're about to get married. But until that line gets crossed, sometimes you don't even know the line is there. Mm-hmm. And if it's there, it it needs a conversation. You need guardrails, not because, not because you're not allowed to have any fun, but let me tell you something. You're the only one having fun if you're flirting with someone else because your spouse is not enjoying that. Right. That, that's not something that's mutually beneficial for the marriage, because when you are flirting with someone else, let me let me just lay this out. If, if that's you. Can I add one thing to this yeah. whole list, too, that um, I think is important? What's the environment you're in? Mm. And I think this is for both of you Absolutely. to be thinking about. What's the environment that we're in that is creating this? Because. More and more, and again, I'm going to say it, goes back to that alcohol and intimacy episode we mm-hmm. did. A lot of this is happening in environments where alcohol is present, where there is this inhibition to be like, well, it's okay because we're all having fun. And I got to say, we're adults. Like, we got to adult up a little bit here. Truthfully, mm-hmm. I, again, Elise and I said in that episode, we'll have drinks. And yet I see it and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, enough. Like, stop it. And, and, and I mean, these are with people that I know and I'm going, that's not, that's not who you are. Like, mm-hmm. the alcohol is talking. So what environment are you in that is that this is happening, that you're right. seeing this happen? And if that is something that, has been going on, then it's time to remove yourselves from that environment. And it may be dear friends. It may be people that you hang out with every Friday night. And yet, is that worth, is it worth it for your marriage? And that's a question you have to ask because I look at this as well. And I think about Elisa and I over the years, and there have been environments we've been in Mm -hmm. that we've had to remove ourselves from. Environments and people. In people, yes. Environments and people. And I will tell you, in that time, is it hard? Absolutely. And yet I look back and I go, well, I'd rather be where I am now than where I was, which was a train wreck or around people that were were in that, were creating that. Mm-hmm. And so there were choices that we had to make. And Elisa said, put those guardrails up. We had to put those guardrails up mm. because we wanted to have that healthy and extraordinary marriage. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not saying it's not easy because they could be your besties and all that. And yet it may be some time that you just need to be like, we need a 90 day break from all that. Yeah. I mean, take a break and see, because you might not even be aware, but and Tony, I've been having this conversation a lot, just as a quick side note. Um, what we're seeing with alcohol and marriage, there's a reason we did that alcohol and intimacy episode. Yeah, know, and I'll a get a, I don't get a link to it here. But I'm hearing more and more in coaching conversations about the role that alcohol is playing in you know these types of behaviors. And, and I get it. It's so readily available, but it's not doing your marriage any favor. 
any favors, you know, if it's something that is, um, allowing your inhibitions to go down and, and you to cross the line, or it's, you always drink with certain buddies and they're totally okay with this kind of behavior. It's not okay. It's not okay because the collateral damage on the backside isn't worth it. It's not worth one night of fun drinking with the buddies, the friends, the couples, whatever, to have to clean up because it, 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 it can take years. Flirting <laughs> with your spouse or flirting with someone that's not your spouse and your spouse seeing all that happen, one night of drinking isn't worth it because it, 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 like I'm, I'm working with couples right now, it is taking years because when you flirt with someone, and this is what I was going to say a few minutes ago, when you flirt with someone, you're giving attention that needs to be in your marriage to someone else which means that there's actually less attention, less energy for your marriage. And when that becomes a cycle, I will promise you every pillar of intimacy will experience disconnect. And I, I just want to say this kind of in closing, if you aren't getting something in your marriage, it's time to get help and not attention from other people. Don't go looking for the attention when it's actually your marriage that needs help because the attention that you get from others or the attention that you give others won't actually make your marriage better. It won't make your life easier. It'll give you a rush. It'll give you a high in that moment. But when you come off of that, I promise you there's going to be broken pieces all over. It's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Get the help that you need for your marriage. If there is something missing, if there are cracks, if there's this tendency to want to go outside your marriage, address what's happening inside the marriage so that you don't cross that line. It's not worth it. You're an extraordinary couple. You want to be an extraordinary couple. Be aware and take action to put those guardrails up around the two of you. Yeah. If you're ready, if this is the time where you're like, enough's enough. I would highly suggest that you apply for coaching and you can do that at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Know that we are here for you and with you. These things that we bring up sometimes, they need to be talked about. They need to be addressed because if they're not, then we're doing a disservice to you, the one family. And we're here to impact one marriage. And I know when we started this episode, my prayer was, one marriage, mm-hmm. one marriage is going to be impacted by this. And we're going to see the legacy with them being able to go enough's enough. So with that, you guys discuss this together, mm. address it, bring it up if it needs to be brought up this week, because that's what you need to do. You can't keep hiding it, putting it away, shoving it under the rug, not thinking anybody sees it. It's there. The elephant's in the room. Let's address it together. You guys have yourselves a fantastic week and we'll catch you next week. Love you guys.